Welcome to episode 114 of the Better With Running podcast. My name is Chris Armstrong and tonight it's a special one because we've got not one, not two, but three Run to PB coaches on. There's myself, Sophie Fit, and Zach and Newman. How are you both going? Hey, Chris O. Going well, Chris O. Hey, Soph. Good to be back on with you, Soph. Last time I saw, uh, looks like you were holidaying up uh, north, maybe Helmand Island or something. Yeah. Tough life. I know. Look, it is hard. Someone's got to do it, though, as they say. Um, yes, we were in Hamilton Island last last week, Saturday to Saturday. Um, not one stroke of a holiday, though, with an 11-month-old baby <laughs> virus. Came home with a head cold. Thought it was COVID. I actually still think I had... I actually, I'm not sure. I did a rat test and it was negative, but mm, uh-huh. I, reckon, I reckon we might have got COVID. Um, <laughs> no, it's... Uh, it's a very entitled problem to be whinging about a holiday to Hamilton Island. We're, we're very lucky to go. However, is this like, a, like with the marathon, post-marathon, what do they have? Baby moons? Like, is that a mar- is this like a marathon moon? A maramoon? <laughs> um, no, definitely not. It was, the holiday actually was a baby, it was the, meant to be our baby moon last year, which, I mean, I think that's yeah, an interesting concept in itself. But we did have a holiday booked for just before Mabel was born. And that was August last year. However, we didn't make it for obvious reasons. And then, um, yeah, just the opportunity to have to stay in this accommodation presented again. And we were just told that there was there was one opportunity um, in October. And so we grabbed it because we had the flights booked and everything from last year, blah, blah, blah. And as it turns out, it was the week after the marathon. So... Um, I think running a marathon is easier than holiday <laughs> with an 11-month-old baby with a virus to a remote island. Uh, However, there were many, the highlight was um, Whitehaven Beach. Oh, it's beautiful. I've not been yeah. to. Yeah, and I have never sat on sand oh. that was 100% just white dust. Like, you know, when you're at the beach and the sand sort of gets on all your hands and it gets mm. in everything and on everything, which you just kind of, no, no, this just, flies off you like it's dust it was off the charts crazy isn't it like you could be you polish your silver jewelry and and, or white gold jewelry that's what they're like (laughs) yeah (laughs) anyone with white gold jewelry polish your jewelry um it was just like indescribable the beauty and the water you know you got a hike there don't you You, you, did you get it is that right do you you had a small hike to get to the beach? No. So Whitehaven Beach is a separate island to Hamilton. So oh. from Hamilton Island, you you they you get a boat. Yeah. And then you don't you get a boat and then you do a little bit of a hike there? No. Yeah. they So the oh. boat comes right in and oh. you get off the boat. Maybe I've got on a different beach. You can do a hike once you're on Whitehaven. Mm. However, we just booked the half day experience. And so we were only on the island for like two, two three hours. And I was like, I, I can go hiking in the Dandenongs. I can hike anywhere. <laughs> I just want to be at the it's, like right in the water or on the sand. And it was exquisite. So that was the highlight. And there were many other good times, but it was knock out a Knock out a run along. Did you get a segment? Maybe just knock out the Whitehaven Beach. 
<laughs> oh my god, could you imagine Joshua being like, why do you do this to yourself and to me? <laughs> I'm not a huge one for sand running. Um and I would be, yeah, a bit of a um hypocrite if I went off and ran on sand with all the things I've said about it over the years. Uh, but Hamo was okay for running, not awesome, but just yeah. for runs between 30 and 45 minutes around the island i did do park run the last time i was at hamilton island i've been there once before yeah. this and i did do the park run on the saturday but because we arrived and left on the saturday it didn't work out but look there was a bit of running it was super hot and humid like definitely poor man's altitude going on up mm-hmm. there just dripping <laughs> in sweat after a run yeah. um however oh like it's always nice to start the day that way um so look it was a lovely holiday but i i yeah took all of last week to recover came home for a break uh, anyway how are you guys chris so how about you mate last week we were chatting and um yeah it was uh you were just coming off the back of looking at the pictures of your club rooms of water at, at the roof and unfortunately we saw some even more alarming photos during the week with the um with some unwanted visitors heading to the club yeah no so um the water, water in Princess Park where our club rooms hasn't sort of gone down that much. It's disappeared out of most streets around town, but those low-lying spots where there's a bit of concrete, uh, it's mm. still there um, and it's starting to get a bit stinky as well. So yeah. um, not the nicest place to run around at the moment, but um, no, there's a couple of um, sort of teenage boys getting around on canoes who um, they tried to break into the local footy club on the same oval there and then thought they'd because they couldn't get in there, they um, paddled over towards our club rooms and jumped on the roof and tried to lift the roof panels up to get in and um, see what was in there. And God knows what they were going to do if they had broken through the roof and jumped onto the floor and all of a sudden yeah, they're surrounded geez. by six foot water and they can't get out. So um, it was funny. The police got called and they got away before the police could get there. But the police actually thanked us for scaring them off so they didn't have to go and get a corpse out of the... Um, building yeah. so yeah they, they were pretty relieved about that but um they did say that it's unlikely they'll catch them or or have the ability to find them which um was a bit disheartening but anyway mm. no harm done but just goes uh, to show there's um doesn't matter where you go or what's happening idiots are plentiful so yeah um, we've seen yeah, yeah we've seen two both ends of the spectrum haven't we what we've seen in oh. you know Echuca yeah. with that uh 2.5k levy that we'll put up um yeah, and then you're seeing this sort of stuff. Yeah, it uh, brings out the worst, best and worst of people, doesn't it? Yeah. I'd love to know what they thought they could have got from the club rooms. Like, what do they think people leave jewelry boxes and blooming laptops in there? Yeah, well, I think when we've been broken into before, and this is what's really um, almost been a little bit humorous, people have broken into the club rooms to try and steal alcohol out of the fridge. Um, and oh, okay. being, being runners, we don't actually keep any alcohol there and none of us can really put any of it away. So we don't actually buy any in the first place. So mm. they go in there and all they find is out-of-date protein bars and bottles of water. Um, so it's a bit of a kick in the guts for anyone that's gone to the effort to break in before, but unfortunately it doesn't act as a deterrent. Um, okay, it's the alcohol. I didn't I didn't realise there was a booze uh, fridge in there. Yeah, that's no, clearly now what they're trying to do, the dickheads. But Yeah, well, there's sadly that there's not even that in there. So... Um, yeah. Anyway, we say a couple of kids weren't smart enough to be able to get in. Um, I did. Uh, I just I shake my head at some people. So I put a I put a post up on Facebook 
and um, just ask people to share it in the chance that maybe they recognize these kids. And I just said, it gives you insight and it helps you understand that it just takes all types of people to make up humanity. And um, I had one fellow who I won't name, he's probably wouldn't, he, yeah, wouldn't know who I am anyway, but he's put a comment on there and gone, oh, wouldn't they just try and break the windows in? I'm like, hey, mate, one, <laughs> the windows have got metal bars on them. And two, the floodwaters above the window. What do you reckon is going to happen if you break the window? I mean, oh, I just, yeah. I've had a little bit of rage over the last couple of days. Yeah. Um, I know there's been a little bit, I've probably lost it um, earlier today in one of the group chats at um, <laughs> something else that was completely, totally unrelated. But, um, oh, mate, yeah. man, let it out. Like yeah. what you guys have been through the last few weeks, like it's... Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. So um, I probably haven't been as, as calm and collective as, as I'd normally be um, or doing as many lame attempts at humour. But, um, yeah, no, there's been a little bit more rage flowing. But, no, things are okay. We've been getting our runs in. Um, did my first session. Yeah. Um, a very, very mini session um, on Thursday. But, yeah, that sort of rolled that okay. And, yeah, sort of all things considered, love and life in a good spot. Just... Um, yeah, hopefully this. I mean, it hasn't stopped raining most of today, so we're actually a bit nervous about that. But um, yeah, by all reports, the river's not going to come up too much. It's just wet, and mosquitoes are absolutely oh, disgusting sorry. at the moment. Um, the, the mosquitoes are that bad and that big at the moment. Um, though, it's a funny little story. Anna's little boy Harry confused the mosquitoes for dragonflies. Um, that's how big they are at the moment. So. Um, yeah, they're, they're gross. They're everywhere. They're massive. Um, you can't avoid them when you run. It's just, um, they're just, ugh. Um, we're almost, we're talking about getting beekeeper suits to run in there that bad. So um, watch this space on some new fashions coming to we'll get some shortly. We'll get some branded up ones, maybe some hot pink ones for you, Chris. Yeah, potentially. Maybe a white one, throw a logo on there. Um, yeah, I don't know what companies are doing beekeeper suits. Like, can I get a pair of good sunnies to, to go with it? I don't know. These are questions that we need to ask. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I know Sophie is probably going to get back onto um, and to Mabel Judy soon. So we might hit you to, uh, to knock out a bit of an update because, yeah, last time you were on, we were chatting post-marathon. Mm -hmm. I reckon it was the week after. Yeah, I think it was the week after. And then, Chris, I did go on to listen to your recap about your race alongside Anna. And, yeah, gosh, you lifted the mood. I mean, <laughs> that was quite the polaric uh, podcast of, like, doom and gloom, woe is me, blah, blah. That's on the isn't it? <laughs> oh, I know. But, like, I was like, okay, well, that they were, um, yeah, interesting uh, uh, contrast. But, yeah, your race obviously was yeah, just so good. You guys, very inspirational in the way you ran it. Oh, thanks, <laughs> mate. To me. um, and yeah, just such a good story. Um, so I think I that was, I spoke to you guys just after. So then, yeah, obviously Hamilton Island, I ran each morning, but just as I said, like minimum 30 minutes max, I think it was about 45. I did do this um really beautiful trail run up to Passage Peak, which is the highest point on the island. So a little bit of like, I did run, but sometimes there's just like flights of stairs, you kind of got to climb up. So it was a bit of walk jogging as well, but the view, like I'll have to send you guys a photo 
from the top and it was just you can look out on like the entire Whit Sundays like it's absolutely exquisite um so the running was hard just because it was hot humid my legs were pretty I actually like because I didn't run very fast at, at Melbourne I pulled up really really well like I had a little bit of doms on the Monday a little bit on the Tuesday and then I went for a jog on Wednesday so I it's definitely the best I've ever pulled up from a marathon but it's obvious as to why I did pull up well but yeah by the time I got to Hamilton Island it was just you know we were walking a lot it's very hilly so I was just a bit sort of tired each morning and I we slept so badly up there that I was just generally quite tired um anyway got back and then the Sunday which was not yesterday but so we're recording on a Monday night so not yesterday but the week before we had terrible head colds when we got home so I didn't run the Sunday and then last week, I think I knocked out 80K for the week, oh. which was um, all jogs. Uh, what did I do? Sort of just 40 minutes, 50. I think I did 60 minutes around um, Yarra Bend Park on Wednesday. Thursday, can't really remember. Friday, I caught up with Sarah, Sarah J from Maddie's Stable. And then Sunday was, um, so yesterday was the highlight of my, well, the high, definitely one of the highlights of, of running for me ever, but definitely the highlight of the last, probably since coming back from um, having Mabel was, I did this thing called Run for Rossi. So I got invited um, or heard about it through Damo, my brother, who, um, friend of the pod, and his fiance Ash, um, who's also an osteo. And they worked with a, um, an awesome bloke, Chris Ross. He's a physiotherapist. Um, they worked alongside him at Kinematics Performance. He's a very, very good physio and also a strength and conditioning coach. Um, and when Rossi was 32 years old, he was diagnosed with motor neuron disease, which is about maybe two years ago. I can't remember the timeline exactly. Anyway, um, in the face of, you know, a frightening diagnosis, prognosis, and just um, the kind of challenge that you can't even begin to fathom. Chris has just adopted the most um, inspiring attitude towards life and living and um, has just made such a conscious choice to, as he puts it, keep on living, keep on living, as he says. Um, and he's embraced all of the challenges, challenges that has come with um, suffering from motor neuron disease and he has an amazing community around him um, his brother his mates his family and they created this concept called run for Rossi and yesterday was run for Rossi 2.0 because they did it last well they actually did it last year virtually like so we all logged K's um, virtually so I think yeah, um, yeah yesterday must have been the first time I'd ever had it in person and the one of the themes kind of was 27 because um, patients who are diagnosed with MND are the average lifespan or the average time between diagnosis and death for a person diagnosed with MND is 27 months. So just over two years from the time you're diagnosed, um, which, you know, we look at Neil Danaher and he's very much defied that because he's yeah. eight years post-diagnosis, but his um, motor neuron disease is very atypical of most patterns. Um, and I know three other people have died of MND and they were right on 27 months. So it's really interesting, this sort of number. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, 
27 is such an important number to raise, like it's such a basis for raising awareness because you can really conceptualize that. Like imagine sitting and get across from a doctor and hearing that you've got 27 months to live. That's when you go, oh my God, this, this disease is just frightening and there's no cure and there's no treatment. Um, however much, you know, because of Fight MND, the organization that's been championed by Neil Danaher and his army, um, they are finding that, you know, they are the research that's being done is providing so much hope to people. I mean, there's still no treatment and there's still no cure, but they are, yeah, turning soil. What's that saying about turning over, breaking new ground and turning soil that's never been done before or whatever. Um, so anyway, we went to Collingwood Aths Track yesterday and they had a 5K run. They had a 27 lapper, so um, which is, as we know, 10.8K. Um, and they did have a half marathon, which the half marathoners just went off and, and did their loop. So I jumped on and did the 10.8K. And yeah, it was just really, it's just an amazing thing to be part of. Chris Rossi did come down to the track a little bit later in the day. Like he's very, very progressed with his disease at the moment. It's extremely exhausting for him to be um, away from home and, you know, mingling with people. And, you know, there are so many um yeah physical disabilities that he's now living with every day but he was down there and he was part of it and oh it's so inspiring and it just mm. you know it puts everything into perspective and yeah, um yeah. I don't know just reshapes how you think about a lot of things and what really matters and you know I just there are so many people down there to just demonstrate to him how cared for he is and how loved he is and yeah just such a, a communal determination to raise money and funds to you know as they say beat the beast and they're you know just notched over 100 grand for the event which yeah. is fantastic yeah i saw the photo like i saw some of the socials or um we shared it and we'll put all the details in the in the oh, show notes you. and um but yeah unbelievable what the the community is doing there to, to to raise money and um yeah it's just mm. it's, puts it in perspective doesn't it mm, and just so like this is a guy who was just at the peak of everything like mm. you know he was just and and you know it would be it's devastating for anybody to be to, you know to receive this diagnosis and to live with this disease and eventually die from it but you know to think of the physicality that he had like strength mm. and conditioning and physiotherapy like the, yeah you know the epitome of you know of just yeah and he's had so much taken away from him but he's chosen to live with such incredible perspective on life and the you know I look at everything he's done like he went on this amazing overseas trip a few months back um with his brother and a couple of mates who just did everything like did so much to support him and to allow the trip to happen and I just think the um the quality of life that he's living based on his like based on how he's choosing to live and what he's choosing to do I don't mean he's got a high quality of life because of his disease and I, I you know trying to be careful with my words here but um yeah the quality that he's injected into his life by choosing the things that matter the most and surrounding himself with you know quality people and yeah like the impact and the legacy he will leave on everyone um is far greater than what most people could do in 90 years of living and he'll have you know 30 something so yeah it's yeah. pretty amazing and he's you know still catching up with Damo about once a week for osteo treatment and mm. yeah I mean Damo obviously can't disclose 
much about their treatments, but um, he, I, I have, he has disclosed a little bit around the, the way in which you can physically treat someone who um, can't swallow properly and mm. can't breathe properly and has a breathing tube and, um, yeah, it's just, you know, mm. lying in certain positions on the treatment table and it's just this disease is just so in, incredibly devastating. Like, it's just horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. But anyway, it was great to be part of um, the community event and I just, I really admired how many people were, I could just see were smashing out those, tw- mm. like, 27 laps, like, so Damo did it and he's like, so if I don't think I've run 20K for the year. <laughs> and he's around there trying yeah. it. I, I did, I hate running on the track, especially yeah. like so many laps. And it was hard, but um, watching people who don't run mm. <laughs> and just trying so hard. And I mean, we all knew yeah. why we were there. And I honestly, like, I know it's really condescending and quite patronizing to be like, oh, you're such a hero for doing it. But I genu- genuinely think it's remarkable for the untrained body yeah. to do that. Oh, I found it so hard. Yeah. It is hard. Yeah. And I just thought, look, why don't I tempo it? I knew, I sort of, I know this is a bit up myself, but I looked around <laughs> who was down there and I had a bit of an idea that you looked at the field list. <laughs> He's covered. So I was like, if you don't lap everyone five times, there's something seriously wrong. Um, I saw a young kid, like I think it was a youngster. There was a really little boy. Yeah, he, he, he knocked it out. Yeah, and, and they yeah. did a kid's run, but no, he was in the, the 27 yeah. lapper. Oh, so oh. I just thought I'll run tempo and aim for about four minute K pace. Yeah. Um, or maybe just over if it's like four or fives, like I think that's fine. Anyway, I'd finished with 353s, but I was going to ask you guys on the track because it's so, Garmin's so screwed mm. up. So in total, because there were so many people, I would run wide. <laughs> yeah. my, my, the best I got was out to lane six. Huh. So mm. for 10, 10.8K, my Garmin told me 11.48. <laughs> well, maybe it was a bit more than that. Um, uh yeah you're asking an old person here because i can't even set my watch up but um i know there's like track mode and but you, you turn into bloody monitors here like didn't monitor have a crack at melbourne marathon because the, the garmin showed different pace different distance to the actual um oh race. yeah <laughs> yeah no, so mine was 11.48 for 27 laps so that means that the pace is very generous isn't it yeah, potentially. Yeah. Um, so if, if it told me 353 average, do you reckon yeah, it's yeah. more like probably 358 average? Yeah, closer to, it'd be closer to four. Like the, yeah, the GPS yeah. just seems to get so happy around the track because <laughs> you're just running a bend yeah. so, you know, every so often and yeah. GPS, it just doesn't track. Uh, and look, I, some, some, what, well, some, um, are you meant to wear it on one, one, uh, oh, yeah, that's so like, stupid. Website. <laughs> yeah, on your outside yeah, wrist. Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 I mean, I honestly, I hit start. And the only reason that I, I mean, I was always going to hit my watch, but it's Damo said, you've got to, they want to actually um, calculate the accumulative kilometers that were run for Rossi. So he's, you know, join the Strava, what's the call it group oh, yeah. thing. And I honestly, I hit start, but I, I was so much focused. Like I was concentrating on so much, so hard on counting those bloody laps. Oh yeah. yeah I was yeah. like, don't run 26 because that's cheating. Yeah. And yeah. for goodness sake, don't run 28, you loser. Um, <laughs> don't do one step that you don't have to do. <laughs> and so I concentrated so much on that. I didn't, I probably looked at my watch once because I just wanted to know how long I'd been out there for. And so I didn't pay any attention to pace. So I don't know 
yeah, I don't think it really felt, yeah, I'm not sure, but I was just thinking probably more like 356, 358 average rather than 353, but hard to know. Anyway. So but first look, was, sort of semi-workout back. Well, yeah, it kind of was. Like mm. I definitely felt really comfortable yeah. and we had a really late night Saturday night. We had an engagement party. So I just, yeah, it was a late night. So it wasn't sort of ideal prep, but yeah. I, I, the I, shoes I, on the track though, were they legal shoes? Well, I went all out and I thought no one, <laughs> I just looked around and thought there's no one here from World Athletics. So I'm going to put uh, six carbon plates in. Yeah, yeah and you're I'm, six foot. <laughs> exactly right. Um, anyway, look, it was a fun event. It was mm. good to be part of. And yeah, jump on um, for any listeners. The yeah. Instagram handle is run for Rossi. And there's also, if you look up Beat the Beast, it's his personal um, uh, journey. And okay. in all honesty, looking back through his overseas um, holiday experiences and the less he he is a beautiful writer and he detailed a lot of the life lessons that he was learning um on, on his overseas trip and like talk about if you think you're having a bad day mm. just let rossi give you um yeah help you get a grip basically yeah. and it's i think life lessons for everyone so yeah fun to be part of that and then i reckon tomorrow morning i just jogged really easy today and then i think i'm gonna go down to hunter tomorrow and it's usually six by a k i might just do five and pull up stumps and yeah so that's that's sort of me i'm body's healthy as i said i pulled up really well from the marathon um and then yeah just enjoying getting out and running but you know if it's 30 minutes great and if it's 60 fine you know like does i don't i don't not following a strict program at the moment because you've pulled up so well so does that sort of um bring into focus something for, that you might want to do early in the new year or it's just keep going as what you sort of planned anyway post Melbourne and just sort of get through what, a week at a time yeah I'm sort of I've always been you know pretty goal orientated so it's hard for me to just float along um I don't know about early in the year because you know it's sort of like what races are on for starters you know what do I want to target over the summer uh, I'm actually 50-50 about whether I go down and do the 10K at Wellness Run. I was going to start, I was going to get on your case about that. And yeah. Mention we're a partner and that. Uh, I thought that. Or if you, yeah. yeah. Or if you want to do a pacing gig, you can join in. Um, Christo's doing some pacing or yeah. uh, if you just want to jump in the race and just have, have a bit of a hit out. It's a pretty nice, low key, fun community event. Good course. Are you going to race, Zacha? I am. Yeah. What I are you am. aiming for? Like 32? Oh. Jesus, no, I don't know what I'm aiming for. Uh, first race back. So it'll be, yeah, something along those lines would be nice. Around the 33 yeah. mark, I think, would be probably be where I'm at. Um, yeah. I, I'd be interested. So it's what, what, six weeks yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 So I'd be interested. Like if I, like those 1K rep sessions are, are, you know, there's no lie. They will tell you exactly where you're at. Good, bad, ugly. So if I get a couple of hunter sessions under my belt and I feel like I'm running okay, um, it's probably more likely I'd go down and have a bit of a crack. Yeah. Um, and if things, you know, if I'm really, if those sessions are just hard and I just know that it's, it's a, I'm probably not going to have a great run or, you know, I would, I, you know, I could, yeah, put my hand up for a pace group if you want me to. Um, yeah. Come run 40 minutes with me, mate, for 10K. 
Mm. <laughs> I wish yeah. people could. I wish people could see that. <laughs> or jump in the half. You could do the half as your long run and just do it steady. Oh yeah, I could as a. I, if I did the half, do I'd a do pick it up too. run or yeah. Yeah. Anyway, look, I might do that. I'll let a few one k, like sessions of one k reps, dictate where I'm at, and then make a decision. But you know what? I thought I was in shape for Melbourne, and I wasn't. So you know what? Yeah. It's just hard to know. Um, question around Melbourne now that it's sort of really in the past. Um, do you even do you think back to it? Do you have any reflections on it now? Like, or are you just completely like, ah, it's done. I'm, I'm you know. Or is it one of those things where it does sort of when you're out running, you start to kick yourself and go, mm, I wish yeah, it no, I'm a stewer. I'm a stewer <laughs> from, from way back. Mm. Um, I'm still, yeah, I sort of don't know where it all went where it went wrong. Like I really did think I was capable of more. Um, so I'm a, probably a little bit confused. Um, but probably, yeah, I did need six or eight more long runs of 36 Ks and over. So I'm still pretty sure I actually just ran out of time. I think I think I just ran out of time. I think if I'd had um, within the block an extra, say, six runs of over 36 K, but still, you know, like I still know I need to be faster over 10 K. I need to, you know, there still needs to be a greater difference between my 10 K race pace and my, and my marathon. So it's at both ends. Like I needed... Yeah. I definitely needed more than six more long runs over 36k because that's what I that's how I got fit for my PB is I just the long runs um but an underlying issue uh for me is that I'm just not quick enough I'm, I, I don't feel comfortable enough at 335 basically mm-hmm. so and the only way to have achieved both those one end of the spectrum and the other was probably six extra months of training yeah, exactly. So, so you can't do it all in that in a block. Yeah, I, you absolutely can't do it all in that time. And I also couldn't have been marathon training or even you know doing what I was doing before Melbourne um, earlier than I was because I would have got injured. There's no doubt about it. I would have got injured. So I think I just you know I mean there's a number of reasons why the day went the way it did, but I. I seem to come back every single time to what needed to happen and why it didn't happen is I, I literally just I I only had a certain time frame to work with to get as fit as I could and that was yeah where it landed me. In hindsight now I wish I had just set out at like 355 pace, which would have felt way more comfortable. Yeah. And then probably stayed at that. Like I reckon, like I'd just love to have known if I had started <laughs> slower. Could I have held that for much longer? And part uh, of me thinks I probably could have. Hindsight, though, twenty twenty. I, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, I know a lot of other athletes. Uh, you know, we talked a lot about people had great days, and there was some that just didn't go to plan. And yeah, there is that post marathon blues. And I think knowing you can now that you can now I know with a lot about my athletes that now they can get back going and running again. Like when you mm-hmm. sort of on that forced break and you just got to absorb it. Like when you've run a PB, you just want to get going again. Like yeah. It's but when you've had to sort of have a bit of a disappointment, you're like, I want to get going, but it's the worst thing you can do. So you're just like, well, now you can run. It's like you start to start to get excited again. And even the rebuild is like getting fit again is fun. So mm. um, I guess that's that's the other part of that um, post-marathon yeah. blues, you know, going yeah, away. Yeah, it is. I know it's hard. Mm. And hindsight is such a great thing. But, you know, then I'm always someone who I'll always sort of overshoot and, 
miss most of the time and then occasionally hit it. And I, 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 that's just, that's who I am and that's just built into me. So I kind of can handle disappointment quite well because it happens a lot. But, mm. you know, one day you hit it and it's because you've, you know, reached high and, and aimed high and, and surprised yourself. So anyway. I like it. No, thanks for jumping on. It's been, uh, yeah, always good to have you on for that, rec- uh, for, a, for a bit of a recap and update. So thanks, guys. We'll, we'll I do encourage have everyone. You- Sorry, I was just saying, we'll probably have you back now. next week. Do another chat if we can. Love to. Yep, love to. Um, lined up. Yeah, good. Got some good training talk actually. Um, mm. that I've sort of, yeah, just run by you guys that hopefully we can tease out. So I think that would be beneficial to our community. Sure. I think it'll be apt off the back of that discussion on getting back and getting going towards your next For goal. Sure. But in the meantime, if anyone just, um, yeah, jump on over to Run for Rossi or Beat hmm. the Beast. And um, I couldn't encourage people more to show your support for this absolute legend, but also a very worthy cause in um, fighting MND. Love your work, so we'll Cool. Thanks for having soon. me, guys. Chris, oh, best of luck up in central Victoria. We're thinking of you guys heaps. Thanks, Soph. Really appreciate that, mate. Yeah. All right. Take it easy, guys. See ya. See ya. <laughs> So, Zaka, your week, mate, logging some more Ks. Tell us about it. What did you get up to? Yeah, mate. Um, yeah, just knocking another week together. Some um, Coach Al had still only on the one session. So it's that pretty conservative approach. But um, in terms of the body, and, and we'll, we've got a bit of a guest to chat about the body um, shortly that we'll patch in. But um yeah, the fact that I'm on one session a week is is, is a bit of a um, makes it uh, a little bit easier that you you sort of do a session on the Saturday and you're just rolling easy through the week, which is which is what we need to do. Like just like logged K's and and getting that base and getting the strength back together. So yeah, lots of easy running through the week, and then uh, Saturday morning had had the old uh, monofart leg. Uh, so it was actually hammering down with rain here in um, in Melbourne, obviously. Nowhere near as as bad as it's been up uh, central Victoria, but uh, still down here. And it, uh, yeah. So Al, <laughs> Al sends a message at uh, we were meeting at nine. I had Kiwi Steve and, and Naomi, his partner, who's in town, who was in town, were meeting us at Yarra Boulevard at like nine o'clock. And Al sent a message about seven thirty. So, oh mate, it's hammering down out there. You know, you just. <laughs> You know, we can go out in the afternoon. I said, I he said, I think, oh, I'm gonna go out in the afternoon. And it hadn't occurred to me. So I was sort of I got up, I looked out, it was, it was, it was bucketing down. And I was like, oh, but I had already mentally psyched myself up that I was gonna do the session. Yeah. And then L sort of that crept into my the back of my head, going, Oh, actually, I could. I started looking at the weather. I was like, Well, if it's gonna be clear in the afternoon, maybe I'll do it in Arvo, but then I was toying with the ideas like, but then the turnaround from like a afternoon Saturday afternoon session into a Sunday, and then it's over your hanging over your head all day Saturday. So I was like, no, nah, I'm up. I'm going to get this done regardless. Get it done. Like even with the rain, was it cold? It wasn't cold, and I nah. sent a message back to Al. I think I said, um, skin's not, skin's waterproof or something. And, uh, <laughs> he, <laughs> he uh, a few other, yeah. Any anyway, um. 
his issue, he has got to take his dogs out for a walk and he couldn't get the dogs out. So he's like, oh, my schedule's out. I've got to get the dogs out. It's like, okay, well, I was meeting, meeting the other two, so I was, I'll, I'll stick to the plan. Ended up going out there and as we're jogging, Al did run into us <laughs> at the warm-up. So I think he knew he was going to cop a bake from yeah, us. You've guilted him into it, really. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, he did do the session. But he was just going to jog around and watch and uh, a little bit of support along the way, which was good. And yeah, I, I think the modern fart leg when it's raining is such a good session. Just like when you've just got to get it done, it's like a 20 minutes, you know, you just, it's, it's continuous. So you just, you're rolling through it. Once you start, it's like you get, you know, you get through 10 minutes, you're like, no five minutes of hard running left. Like, you know, mm. not much to do. And, that was sort of and his instructions were just really on effort and uh back off the recoveries like really just uh roll them as opposed to i tend to float them and uh i guess it's a lot of marathon training is that i i do like to roll my floats in most sessions whereas he was like look really want to try and get some speed in the legs and get you to get that turnover so was to back right off and particularly with the rain just be a bit careful um yeah on the on the path or through, you know, any of this sort of slippery sections. So as I got to the 30 and 15, whilst it was okay, I was a little bit wary of just not doing anything silly. Uh, yeah, it's just like 90s and 60s felt really strong. Like I can lock onto the pace really well. I don't have any issues getting up to speed and it's just like actually coming off it. Like once I'm up, I'm like, oh, I just want to hold this for a bit longer. And then it's, yeah, the rep's done. Whereas I actually found find the thirties and the fifteens, I just I don't have the gear change, uh, but it's getting there. It's getting there from you know four or five weeks uh, ago when I was probably complaining about the same thing. It's you know the the bars just getting lifted a little bit higher. I think each time and um, yeah, five point five k. So look, the distance is you know it's not a lot, and Al was pretty like he said don't don't worry about you know where what you usually do or what the because we're all going to measure ourselves like we're just it's just how we're built and we know we've, yeah. what we've done in the past and we're gonna and and i was conscious of that it's like yeah but you know 338 average and what's important is that i felt like mechanically like in control like quite strong in the 90s and 60s so i felt like better than last week and yeah so another week and another session where you're starting to feel even better it's um it's good signs and even better that yeah no knee pain or nothing through the session at all even warming up in before the session geez that's but, a good sign uh yeah i wasn't like you know the first couple of minutes it was pretty much subsided and it was uh yeah maybe we'll just complaining about the weather and we we're just focusing <laughs> on other things but yeah so yeah, that was good. And then pulled up well, like a uh, long run next day. We, we didn't head out to the flats. It's still underwater. So we were back out along the bay and smaller group this time. Uh, just, yeah, nothing. It's funny. Like we were sort of said, oh, you know, smaller group. There's a few, few of the cowboys that go off the, off the front and push the pace weren't there. <laughs> they were all doing their own thing. So we should be under control. And we were just, just cruising along uh we did get to the turnaround and was like we just pretty much go to uh brighton beach or brighton uh pier and turn around that's just the, the landmark we go go to we don't go by distance or time we just when we get there we turn around and 
uh, we were running into a headwind and then we noticed coming back, it was like, oh, geez, this feels a lot easier. <laughs> and we started to get rolling, I think. And randomly, well, not randomly, we, we just had, uh, he's often there with Riddian Cowley, a, um, Riddian Crowley, who's a Olympian, uh, I think it was at Tokyo, who's definitely been at uh, Rio as well, I think. It's like he's walking, he's, he's got sub 40 minutes for walking. Like, and he was out there training flying straight with another walker and then actually there was a <laughs> I don't know how, how this would go down Chris over he was jogging with the walker so with Vidian <laughs> and the other walker so that's how quick they're going they were moving cool. uh so they were probably sitting on 430 and we could see them ahead and uh, we were like we've got to get we really don't want to get past them. <laughs> so we, it's not we didn't push it too much. No, but once we got past, we're like, we've got to keep the pressure on you guys. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they were they were flying along. But um, good long run, and yeah, capped it off. We had uh, like I mentioned, so Kiwi Steve's partner Naomi was in town, so she joined us for, for both the Saturday Sunday long, and then into the um, into Saint Ali for the uh, we we upped the ante with. Um, Having Naomi around because she's from Canberra and Kiwi Steve's a bit of a coffee wanker. So um <laughs> we went to went to a nice um cafe and yeah, Sunday, Sunday run done well. So no instant coffee for Kiwi Steve. Mate, he carries a bloody um as an aeropress to a race. <laughs> he's got these Guatemalan beans and he's you know, don't oh, get him Jesus. going about it like he he'll bore you to death <laughs> talking about. Um, yeah, he's, he's coffees, but uh, no, <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, good week 80 ish K's, I think. Mm, Actually, 80. I copped some flack because of the um, <laughs> what I when we were sitting in the cafe, uploaded my run, and didn't even think about it until I copped the message about um, finishing a run at 19.99 K. Controversial, um. People, I believe, doing laps of the car park to get a round number. Is there any truth in that? Yeah, it happens a fair bit, and I'm I'm pretty vocal about my thoughts on that. Um, Do you feel <laughs> that you miss out on fitness because you don't run an extra ten meters? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> I get it, and there's um there is a lot of yeah, it's probably a, a probably an episode we need Soph in because I know she would um a topic that Soph would probably have a good argument against me cutting corners like this. <laughs> but yeah, no, a bit of fun. I know people I, I think Gemma messaged me. She's like, I couldn't I couldn't leave myself if I left <laughs> She's like, I just bugged me all day. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't ever notice until I, you know, someone pointed it out. But yeah, nah, good day, mate. Good week. It's um but like we sort of teased out before, we're actually, I know every week I've been chatting about this bloody knee, but we're actually going to get the man behind the scenes. We're going to patch him in, James Telford from Physio Life. And mm -hmm. we're just going to get him set up and uh, we'll get him in the room. And welcome to the show, James Telford, Physio Life uh, Physiotherapist and also run the PBA athlete and former girl, previous guest, uh, who was known as Mr. 256 after his marathon debut. Hello, thanks, welcome for, to the show. thanks for having me back. Good to have you back, mate. And uh, this time, well, maybe just for the listeners that, that were, did follow along that that episode, 
how's the recovery going off the back of the marathon? The probably the best thing I did was take your advice and slow down. I may have got a little bit excited at a park run <laughs> um, five, six days later. Um, did get a, a fairly stern word, which I probably needed. Um, but no, it's been it's been good. Just slowly getting back into everything. Um, hit my first session on Saturday last week, and it just felt great to run fast again. But better that I was ready to rather than pushing it too early and having the legs die. Yeah, it's been good good watching you come back, and I know we're getting pretty excited about the next year. And um, yeah, what what sort of goals we have in place. But, mate, wanted to get you on because uh, I was just sort of saying to Chris that, yeah, we have been chatting about the knee, but uh, my knee, but I know you've done a lot of mountain work in the background to get me back back up and going. But I think maybe talking maybe about the case in itself and more broadly how it can relate to a lot of other runners out there and any other sort of running knee issues. But do you want to just take us back to when I first came into the, to the physio and how I was presenting? Yeah, absolutely. I think this has sort of turned into the people's knee. I think everyone's <laughs> interested in it as, uh, as we all are at ground level. Um, so after, after hearing you played on the podcast for a number of weeks and um, you'd had a fair bit of time off after Gold Coast, you finally presented to the clinic. Um, so you've come in with a long history of sort of lateral knee pain, so outside knee pain and kneecap pain flared up after the Gold Coast 10. Um, you've described pain up and down stairs, pain at the start of your runs when you're cold, uh, worse on hills, worse after easy runs, and the rest period that you had sensibly had made very little improvement. Um, so for, you know, you, you also wear orthotics and you've had issues on both sides. So for me, without even assessing the knee, this is starting to paint a fairly common picture of uh, patellofemoral pain or patellofemoral pain syndrome. Um, so in a broad sense, in your case as well, why could this have started? Um, I've actually had quite a few patients come in after Gold Coast complaining similar things, usually outside of the knee, knee pain with kneecap pain as well. A lot of people complain of the camber of the roads, um, which, you know, there's certain topographical features with uh, the Gold Coast, including heavier rainfall and the need to wick water away from the centre of the roads, which is why they do that. Um, in your case, you've had fairly heavy training volumes prior to that race, uh, doing XCR stuff as well, very little downtime. Um in a broad sense, I normally see this in runners that have sharply increased training volumes, whether that be from unrealistic um, expectations of building towards races, injury impact, or um, they've just gotten a little bit too keen and no one's had the reins on them. And usually they're running on consistently on hard surfaces, um, sometimes in poor footwear. That's probably more a, more a, a conversation for Soph. Um, and there's largely they, uh, these patients present with poor lumbopelvic mobility and stability. So they're, they're stiff in the hips and groins and lower backs and glutes, and they've got very poor control of these muscles. Um, and I think stiffness would come as possibly a safety mechanism. 
Um, now, using uh, Young, Zach, and Newman's case, when you presented, tight lateral structures, tick, poor hip knee control. Um, look, I've, I'm, I've seen I've seen uh, primary school kids with better control on a single leg squat. <laughs> Um, and it's an absolute credit to your running ability. And this is the thing. I mean, the ability to do simple tests doesn't always translate to performance. Um, they're just, it's just flags that we look at. Um, you know, using the fastest man to ever exist, Usain Bolt, as an example, you look at his feet in a photo and he, they're, they're hobbit feet. They're so flat. They don't look like they'd be able to walk, let alone run fast and look where we are. Um, but back to you relatively poor balance um, but that can be related to pain strength control uh, poor loading and landing mechanics very stiff through the tight uh, very stiff and tight through the hips lower back and very poor shock absorption um, on physical examination so actually having a feel of the kneecap uh, crepitus or what we know as grinding under the kneecap so that can that can be a fairly decent indication of little bit of cartilage wear and tear, um, a condition known as chondromalacia patellae. Um, so with, with uh, Zaka, we took a very, very simple approach, stripped everything right back, um, and you'd already been doing all the right stuff with Al, with your programming, just being very patient and sensible. Um, we looked to increase strength, improve mobility, improve shock absorption. Do those three things in conjunction with your load management. This will re reduce the physical loads through the, the patellofemoral joint or for where the kneecap articulates with the body. Hopefully reducing pain, increasing enjoyment of running and ability to perform. Um, and as we can see from, uh, if we want to go back and study Zaka's Strava, um, <laughs> reduced, he reduced his training loads, tick increased his rest periods, tick, and gradually and patiently rebuilt. Uh, and this was in both kilometres and intensity of kilometres. Now, interestingly enough, and it was, this was a pretty good, pretty big feature of our uh, diagnostic process, you're better after doing faster runs or running harder. This would lead me to, to surmise that your muscles are turning on more therefore supporting the joints a little bit better. So which, which means the strength is there. We've just got to figure out how to use it again. Um, so with, with the Zaka, we just very simple exercises, a lot of hip control. Um, I think you'll probably be having nightmares of hip hikes at this <laughs> yeah. point and single yeah. leg control stuff. Um, but it's super important because I mean, running, we don't jump off two legs. Running, we go from what single leg stance to single leg stance, rinse and repeat thousands of times per run. Um, and it's important that it's important to know that you might not pick it up in the first K, might not pick it up in the first couple of steps, but a little tiny thing repeated over and over again can have a big impact. Um, and then there's on top of the strength, there was a lot of work on mobility. So both loosening you up, but also doing, doing uh, some really basic mobility, hip, uh, hip and lower back exercises. And I think um, our friend Dane also hit the nail on the head with uh, <laughs> the 
the pre-run dance routine. <laughs> yeah. uh, which I'm a, I'm a oh. very big fan of. And um, I'm not sure if we've been privy to this yet. No. I mean, his latest bloody video, he's out in the, in the woods with logs and he's jumping around and he's waving sticks around. So <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking I'm going to hide him from my feed now, Dane. I think he's gone too far. <laughs> um, but just back to just the exercise and things you implement, I know you said, um, and what was pretty comforting that you sort of said to me is that you're pretty upfront about, hey, you're going to have some good days and some bad days here. Like you're not just going to be linear in terms of like doing this and it'll just go, go away. And I think, um, you know, and, and probably having you in my corner in that, you know, checking in um, very often and I've been able to sort of, yeah, give you feedback and, and that accountability about, you know, keeping on top of the exercises and things like that. It's probably been a big feature for me as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a, it's a feature of these long-term progressive injuries or ailments that not every day is perfect. Um, you're going you're gonna to have days where you feel like you're absolutely flying and then you're going to randomly without any rhyme or reason, or maybe you've done something stupid. I'm not sure you wake up and it is in your mind, the worst it's ever been mm. when really it's, it's just worse than it was yesterday. And that's pretty common with tendon injuries with rehab from everything I always prime all my patients to just expect that bad day. Don't panic, take a deep breath, get through the day and enjoy the fact that you wake up the, the next morning and you can look back at how much you've overreacted. Um, if you can justify the result two days later, then uh, definitely give me a call. <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's, it's important that it is a, it is a, a journey uh, and a process to recover from these sort of long-term ailments. For listeners that maybe have knee, well, I mean, this is, you've probably gone pretty specific about my issue, but is there, is there key indicators or things that maybe I could have done earlier to prevent this or should I have seen you earlier? What are your thoughts on that? Um, well, we can always, I mean, the health prep, uh, practitioner's easiest thing is, oh, you should have come in earlier. Um, <laughs> but it might not have been bothering you to that sort of threshold of seeking treatment. I mean, your times were still pretty good. You're still getting, you know, very good volume in at the time. Your knee was just a little bit sore. Yeah. Um, but gradually over time, it did wear you down. Um, but it, I think one of the biggest things that I was surprised with uh, yourself, Zaka, is very little, if any, strength and conditioning history. Um, coming from a, a team sports background, it's drilled into all the players, you know, get your gym sessions in, yeah. you've got SNC coaches and going through all that sort of stuff. To have someone who's performed at the level that you have um, and you know, never really lifted weights or, or done any exercise, <laughs> really, um, it's, it's sort of, it, it does surprise me a little bit, but it is pretty common with runners to just run. And you can you can supplement uh, strength training with speed training and running up hills and things like that, um, but you're just not able to put the amount of control through uh, with a with some basic strength exercises. Phase two, mate, get the uh, beach weights happening. Absolutely, <laughs> we will we will be at a bit. There'll be a bit more on that uh, in coming episodes. I think about what you've got in store for me um going forward 
we'll chat about that a bit down the track, I think. Yeah, I think it's some, um, we're talking about some sort of calendar. <laughs> I don't want to put that on anyone. No one needs to see that. <laughs> James, I suppose with um, Zacker's progress, how would you, like, where do you reckon he is at like, 100 being like Zacker in prime shape? Whereabouts is the people's knee as we speak? Sort of how close to 100% do we reckon he is? Look, I think he's, I think he's bordering on that 75 to 80%. Um, he's getting through most runs discomfort free. Um, his day to day is a lot better. He just hasn't um, hasn't quite gotten to send it uh, ranges yet, where you're properly emptying out the tank and really testing to see whether the knee can one hold up and two how it recovers. You reckon based on where he's at, so we're in that sort of mid seventies. How long? What sort of timeline? If you if and this is a big year. <laughs> If, if Zaka continues to do everything right, so he keeps doing his strength work without needing to be followed up, um, what sort of time frame do you reckon it, it's going to be until he's, he's back going full send um, around Yarra Boulevard on a Saturday morning? For some reason, health practitioners love talking about things in uh, sets of six weeks. And when uh, me and Zaka first caught up, I said, give it six weeks. And don't expect any great improvement before six weeks. Um, but we've been fairly fortunate that it has fairly well improved in this first block of six weeks. So we move forward to the next six weeks. Um, the next six weeks is about uh, decreased reliance on uh, hands-on work and therapist involvement and increased ownership of strength conditioning and rehab exercises. It's super important that just because it's feeling better, um, and I think Zach had mentioned this last week, don't drop off. Because if you drop off, it's a, it's a long way back to where, where you started uh, and it can go very quickly. Whereas if you keep with the program, keep doing it, keep doing the right things, it's onwards and upwards. And there's no real limit to how good this knee can get. It's just a, how hard do you want to work on it? So, so yeah, in six weeks, he's back to... Uh, full competition potential. Chris, so from your experience with um, a lot of athletes that you've coached over the time, is that a pretty common theme that you've had athletes doing rehab and then once they get up and going, they're, uh, that drops off and they just get back to just doing what they want to do most of the time? Oh, mate, not just from athletes' experience. That's my experience. Yeah. <laughs> That's my own personal experience. I've yeah. learned the hard way a few times. So, no, because... I guess whilst you're injured, you'll literally do anything and whatever it takes yeah. to get back out there and do what you love. But as soon mm. as you're out there doing it and sort of feeling half decent, then you sort of forget about what it was that got you back out there. And I think the the mindset amongst most runners is it's just something that you do while you're injured. It's not actually something that most people actually appreciate that it's something that can improve your running Mm. Um, you know, I can't speak highly enough of strength work, I and mean, it comes in so many different forms. But um, I think it's integral. Um, you know, I, I highly recommend it, and I hope that all my runners do it. I know there's probably some that tell me they do, and they don't necessarily do it. But um, <laughs> welcome, you know, welcome aboard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, no, I, I just think there's just so much value in it, and it doesn't have to be like the misconception that it's got to be 
fancy exercises at an expensive gym and it's a membership that you've got to buy. It's, it's rubbish. I mean, a lot of these things you can do with simple body weight um, in the comfort of your own home and it might take 10, 15 minutes. Um, Couldn't agree yeah. more with that. Um, so on that, uh, I've put together just a little little list of things that uh, one, Zaka should be doing and two, ways to bulletproof the knees. Um, so it's important to take note of pain and discomfort, discuss them with either your physio, osteo, uh, myo, treating health practitioner or coach. If you get two or three days in a row where it is getting worse, something needs to change. Um, as I always say to my patients, if you hit your thumb with a hammer, hitting it again with a hammer is not going to make it any better. <laughs> um, keep doing the exercises. Look at things such as clinical Pilates. Um, I'm a massive, massive fan of it. It's very low impact. It's very good at integrating the whole body as a system and working on all those little muscles that you didn't even know you had until they get sore. Um, further strength conditioning. Um, and I think this could be done in blocks throughout the year, depending on your running calendar and building. Um, and then the other things, your one percenters. If you've got everything else under control and then to use a um, very reputable brand such as Pillar Performance, taking the right supplementation for yourself. So for Zaka, it'd be your motion armor and then the GCM complex as well. So all things that help with joint health and um, cartilage in the, um, the more experienced knee. Um, now for bulletproofing the knees, gradually increase your volumes. Um, you know, I con commonly see these things in someone who's, you know, they might do a park run every week and then they decide they're gonna train for something big and they never, they never come with a coach, these guys. Um, and then suddenly they're, they're doing 50, 60, 70 Ks a week off very little ramp. And they're genuinely baffled as to why their knees hurt. I'm not, I can tell you exactly why, but um, it's important to just gradually increase things and be patient. Um, another theme, do your easy runs easy. No need to whack every run. Uh, easy runs are important for one, your low level car, uh, aerobic fitness, but also it gives the joints time to recover because there's less heavy load goes through your knees when you are running that little bit slower. Um, keep up a regular, simple strengthening routine, exactly as you were saying, Chris. So, uh, but I like to keep it single leg specific for runners. So your single leg squats, single leg bridges, and you can do a variation I call the runner's bridge. Uh, Zach's favorite exercise, the hip hike. <laughs> and a single leg calf raise. Um, this pretty pretty well controls the whole lower limb. It's just simple. You don't need any equipment. Um, and I often prescribe the, the squat bridge calf raise as a test weekly. So you pick, a, you pick a day before your rest day. So for me personally, I'll do it on a Thursday before my Friday rest day. Um, I pick a, a number of how many I think I should be able to do and I'll preset that. Um, so for instance, single leg calf raises, I should be able to do 30 on each leg. If I drop below 30, I'm asking questions. Am I about to injure myself? Have I got a reason for that? Have I just done, you know, a big day in the garden or have I done a gym session? There's got to be a reason why I don't get there. If not, I'm um, having a chat to one of my team about why this old body is falling apart. Yeah. Um, 
because it, it's the if you don't have that good reason you definitely need to go see your regular practitioner uh, it's good to have that that relationship with the same practitioner because they learn to know they learn your body just as well as you know it and they can pick things that are wrong you know they might have a quick feel of the calf and go oh geez hang on why is that so tight um you know why is your range dropped off why aren't you as strong or poppy through that calf you might have an injury you're just not sure about yet you there? and um back to what i said before clinical pilates um super super helpful it just keeps all the other areas of the body that can contribute to knee pain keeps them all in in check um and i think what we'll do is put together a very basic clinical pilates routine that we can um pop out on the interwebs sounds good i, I love my pilates i had a long once a week on a wednesday and um been going along for almost two years now and it's made a world of difference to me i was probably had a few imbalances and that was the first thing that we were able to to fix up just the um yeah like just through my hips be able to line everything up and just and it's nice as you said before it's low impact it's something that, um i think you definitely need to get a bit of instruction when you first go along because some people will look at the machines um, in there and not be able to make out one end from the other but <laughs> yeah like it's it's very enjoyable and once you get a feel for the machine it's quite easy to do um so yeah now i'm excited to see what you come up with there beautiful and with that i can put together also a very simple pdf of just that bulletproofing routine um that make available for people as well Yeah, that'd be awesome, mate. Yeah, we we definitely uh, track that on the website and in the show link and the show notes and uh, yeah, share it around. I think that'd be awesome for the for the uh, listeners. Beautiful and important. As I said before, if a niggle doesn't settle, get onto it early. Um, not only does it will it save you time, save you downtime, reduces your pain overall if you're getting on top, and it'll end up saving you a heap of cash. Um, I understand going to the physio can be quite expensive if appointments stack up uh, week on week. Something that could have been a one one stop, yep, do this, change this, you'll be okay, could turn into a six to ten week injury if left unchecked. Cracking advice, mate. And uh, we're going to get you on, uh, like I've mentioned before, a bit uh, a bit more of a regular basis. Obviously, we're focused on the knee today, but we'll we'll cover a range of running injury topics so thanks again for for jumping on james and uh, do you want to give us your details where people can find you they can follow you online and and the, the website yeah so we're uh, our website is www.physiolife.physio mm -hmm. uh, physio specific domain there uh, we're located all through melbourne and in beechworth and um, people can contact me via email if they like james at physiolife.physio if they've got any specific questions and i'll endeavor to get back to you as soon as possible and follow your uh follow you on strava as well mate there's uh, yeah, get, a bit of kudos on strava <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the kudos, kudos. <laughs> nice mate thank you and uh yeah we will chat again i'll probably see you in the clinic uh later this week sounds good take care Chris, oh mate, enough about that knee. Let's uh, let's hear about your running and uh, how you how you're traveling up there. 
Yeah, no, mate, first of all, did enjoy hearing about the people's name. Um, it'd be good to have a recurring segment <laughs> week on week. But um, no, nah, it's actually starting to, to get back into a bit of a rhythm. Um, last week, 62Ks, um, which look, I know it's not a lot in the scheme of things, but for where I'm at post-marathon, really happy with that, given that it's, you know, it's now three weeks um, since the race. So 62Ks, mostly easy. So um, three runs that were between 10 and 12k um 16k was a long run so tick under 80 minutes for that one and got back into a first session so myself and anna on thursday morning we did like just a normal sort of a warm-up and strides and then hit five by two minutes um with a one minute standing recovery and the, the two minute efforts started out at about 10k and that was just i guess to see how the body would respond and if we felt good um, sort of worked into 5k effort so for me I probably ran the first sort of three fairly conservatively um, mm. I've had a little bit like those that have managed to listen through the last couple of weeks probably have heard me not sounding my best <laughs> so um, I had did have some remnants of that still um, on Thursday for the session so really just wanted to ease in and, and make sure the body was right and in the last couple felt all right um you know nothing impressive that's for sure and you're never going to go and hang your hat on a five by two minute set hang um, on your last three but your last k was a 335 total yeah yeah look it, it looks good on paper but um it's just it was two minutes so yeah um, still, still it's a step forward yeah look that's it i mean it, to be honest um it wasn't so much the physical stuff I and mean, it was just it was nice to get through the session but shit it was fun Mm. Um, we're just chasing each other up and down um, Gordon Drive there in Kyala and we, I don't think we really saw a car the whole time um, there was a bit of banter flying around and that was good it was good just to you know do a little bit of faster running get the heart rate up again um, throw a few endorphins out there and just <laughs> yeah um, were well, you smiling as much as you are in the photo up on Strava that uh, Melbourne Marathon captured oh, most of all now yeah no look it's um, mate just just giving the people what they want, really, just on the <laughs> socials myself and yeah. Oh, God. Um, it's funny. We've tried to keep a lid on this marathon thing all the way through training and all of a sudden we've run it and we just somehow <laughs> lob up on the Melbourne Marathon website. <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> Nearly yeah. I saw that. But um, it's, it's a really cool photo. Absolutely. The cracking it. photo. But, um, you yeah. know, in the background, if you zoom in. Uh, oh, there's a man from Horsham Way. Yes. Yes. There is, uh, we did recognize Sauce. I um, mean, he's run to PB top two on my oh, um, just there in, in the background because it was only lurking uh, well, in the what, background. Yeah, what felt like a couple of minutes later that uh, that Sauce joined us. So, yeah. um, no, I did definitely recognize the great man there in the background. But um, no, there wasn't as much smiling because I'll be honest, I could feel, I felt like my heart was up in my lungs um, for a couple, those first couple of reps. Um, but I think that might just be that the body just hadn't quite fully recovered from from this cold but um no it was very enjoyable and in, gonna have a bit more of a meatier session this week um so at this stage i'm looking at six by one minute on one minute off into a 14 minute threshold um on the thursday so i'm uh, looking yeah, forward to that we'll see how the, how the body handles it but um no nah, look i'm things are good i'm pain-free not setting the world on fire with any sessions or, or any long runs or anything like that. It's still very much um, a recovery and maintenance phase at the mm -hmm. moment. But, um, yeah, things are good. 
No, something fun about just getting back on the horse and and building again and implementing the sessions and going through that again. Uh, you know, like that that fitness, that feeling when you do a workout or you do a run and you start to just feel a little bit better in each run. Uh, I know yeah. I'm finding that in the recent weeks, and you're sort of in a similar spot in that you're coming off a marathon and it feels like you've had a, <laughs> a you know, you've obviously had a break and you've had some time down, so. To get back rolling again so it's, uh, it's always good fun yeah probably that and the only other thing that we've done different so myself and Anna, um the last couple of weeks is on one of our runs normally a tuesday and today it was a monday because we had to read um, our, our plans this week but um we'll go and run three or four k and then we'll go and do a set of strides it's almost like a warm-up um, mm. go and do some strides and then finish off the rest of the easy run because we just want to get some of that um I guess, you know, get the body moving a bit quicker again. So throwing some strides in there, absolutely loving that once we've done the strides and you're getting back into that easy part and you have to slow yourself down, you genuinely have to slow yourself down to get back into the the easy stuff. So, um, yeah, good good signs there. Just um, trying, but still very much keeping the lid on things and realise that there's a fair way to go before we're back um, doing big weeks and big sessions and, you know, I guess training specifically for events. So, yeah, but no, nice having a lot to, of fun. Nice to get. I uh, assume you you got in the carbon. You got some. Uh, got the new. Got some wheels on for this session, or did you stay in the in the heavies? No, mate. I'll jump in carbon at at the slot <laughs> at the drop of a hat. Yeah. So <laughs> I see no, you walking down the hallway, and I'm like, well, I tell you what, I was, you don't have to ask me twice. Um, <laughs> I've. I've I like to do some of my easy runs in the um, socketty speed. So, yeah, um, yeah, no, I had, I had the Endorphin Pro 3s on that I wore for the marathon mm. um, and absolutely love putting those on. And Anna wore the Endorphin Pro 2s. Um, so she's got like a, a, a mint-coloured pair of those. And, um, yeah, different different feel to what the Alpha Flies were for the marathon um, for her, but, yeah, so definitely enjoyed putting the carbon shoes back on and running a bit quicker. Nice one, mate. All all systems go now, so it's good stuff. Yeah, no, that's it. And I believe, um, like, whilst we're just jogging around, logging one session a week, Bernie 10 was on the weekend. We had a few runners go around in that. We did. Um, that This happened, so it's an 11 o'clock start down there. So I don't know if at the back of... The long run, well, you, you're well and truly finished the way you start your Sunday runs, but it was, uh, I caught a bit of the stream coming back. I was actually listening to it in the car as I was driving back from the, from the cafe and uh, listening to the, to the live stream because the um, strain record went down on the roads for, for Jack Rayner, 27.43, I think it was, or 44. Uh, it was unbelievable run from, from Jack. And Leanne Poppy who got the got the win in the women. So um, yeah, at the top end, it was uh, it was absolutely loaded with uh, fast times going down. But we had a couple of uh, runs for B legends going around, Chris. No, we certainly did. Um, I think they came from Josh Harris's stable. So Archie yeah. Payne, um, young Archie, who we've mentioned a few times previously on the on the podcast, um, he was also um, raising funds for MND with um what was it 27 so he's doing that so on the oh I think he's doing that during the week on so the 27th he did, yeah he ran a PB in the right 
the race and a part of the, I, I gather he's raising runs for the race as well, but it looks like according to Josh's info, he's going to also run during the week, 27 laps of his school <laughs> with 27 different people. Oh, and this is um, off the money that he raised the previous year as well. Yeah. Um, but, last bucket. Yeah. But an Archie ran a PB 39, 20. Um, so mm. fantastic effort there. And then I mean, equally so, so, MND 20 on the 27th, 27 laps, 27 different people, and Josh is going to be there. Um, and he's going to knock out a lap with him as well. So, yeah, really cool. Yeah, what a young gun. <laughs> uh, Josh had Tom Ma ran 3251, so a massive PB for Tom. Uh, I believe it might be a couple of minute PB, a little huge one. Um, he hasn't got it. On there, but yeah, I haven't got the exact, but it was huge. So I know Josh was absolutely pumped with this. So yeah, 30 to 50, you might have been uh the pointy end with that one. So that's yeah. a great one from uh from Tom. Would have nearly been able to see Jack. <laughs> yeah, I don't many people saw him in the back after that race. No, uh, I'm but um, that's still a massive run. And Tegan Kirkpatrick as well, mate. Um big yeah. PB. I think um sort of just under 46 minutes coming in there at 45 41. And that was with having to deal with some calf cramps as well in the last 3K. Yeah, that's solid. Like, you know, that's 3K to go when when you know you're cramping and to, to finish off and still get the PB, like that's um pretty stressful time as well. And they've got, you know, six, seven K and things start to go south and to pull yourself together and, and get across the line and still get that PB. That's uh yeah, massive run from, from Tegan. So yeah, just a few of the names that were going around down at uh, the Bernie 10. So it was a great day for those athletes. And I just, um, oh, another one that came through and um, look, we're not going through every uh, result over the weekend, but we did see one more that caught our eye was um, TJ. Uh, Tom James, he's based, uh, yeah, in in New South Wales and oh, sorry, in Queensland, I should say. And Tom's been on the show a couple of times. Um, heard about his ultra running antics, and he's getting ready for another one. And he had it to do a bit of a trial run, a fifty k uh, qualified for the ultra trail Kosciuszko miler. So I believe that's a hundred miler. No. Yeah, that, that'd be right, wouldn't it? Yeah, no, I reckon you. Yeah, so he's, yeah. he's, he's run a 50k a solo, trail, a solo, a solo fitty. <laughs> he's gone out, <laughs> gone out, and knocked out a solo. Like, you know, we, we talk about our 5k and our 10k time trials, and that takes a yeah. bit of going, but 50k solo time trial for a qualifier. Um, because I believe he hadn't run his last ultra mm. was in November of 2020. Uh, okay. So he needed to not knock out a time. It time must be board, yeah. needs to be within twelve months of the event. But um, yeah, just under five hours. I think he ran four hours and forty-seven minutes for the fifty k. That got yeah. the job done. And by all reports, had an absolute ball while he was doing it. Mate, he's running across creek crossings, and yeah, weather wasn't ideal. So far out. Yeah, just crazy. I, you know, we finished our Sunday run. We we're happy with ourselves. 20k in the bank and he's knocked out 50k elevation kind of 1500 meters so uh great run from uh from tj i know he's a good follow on on instagram tj uh, at tj ultra runner he's put up um 
some cool graphics. I think you can follow the map as an app that I think he uses that uh, yeah, you can sort of see go out for, it's just really cool the way it uh, comes up and yeah, great stuff. And yeah, bit of post bit of post uh, run recovery food there. He's gone with the, he's tagged someone in there. He's trying to get a gig, trying to get a sponsorship. That's not. Cheeky, cheeky, but I love it. I love the boldness of it. <laughs> yeah. Get around him. But uh, yeah, so very exciting. And it's eight weeks to the ultra trail Kosciuszko. So he's in good hands with Mattress as they keep building for that one. Yeah, absolutely. No, looking forward to seeing how, he, how he's going. I mean, eight weeks, that's pretty much knocking on the door of Christmas for that event. Yeah. So um, yeah, watch this space. Nice one, mate. It's been a big episode. Um, what's up? What's coming up, Chris? So we should chat more about Wellness Run. We should probably just mention that the there is going to be a post going out this week of looking for some more paces. So looks like a two-hour pacer is uh, is being added, and they're looking for one. So we'll put that online. But we, uh, if anyone's listening, definitely contact us. Uh, there's a couple other slots. I think there's a ninety-minute slot left and the 50 minute for the 10k so they're trying to just um yeah obviously get a bit of a crew together to help out with the with the pacing so two times you wellness run www.wellnessrun.com.au and um yeah you can join the team as well there's a few that have entered run to pb is the name and you um just get 10 percent off also when you uh when you join the team yeah was, was it so free entry for paces mm. And um, if you just drop the sort of run to PB in as you know in your a group, I think so it gives you an option to join a group, put run to PB in there, and that'll get you ten percent off. Yeah, that's it, mate. Um, gonna be a good day. Yeah, it's, it'll come around quick. It's uh, December four, so a bit of time to, to to train and get yourself ready for that one. No, nah, looking forward to it, mate. Six, well, just under where well, five and a half weeks now. Or, well, we actually know it's Monday tonight, not Wednesday when we normally record. Yeah. So it pretty much is six weeks, but um, also potentially an unofficial um, run to PB Christmas party as well. I believe it will be, Chris. Oh, yeah. We will be uh, a bit of a catch up. Company card out. Yeah. Um, ask Brady. Brady. <laughs> oh. <He's... laughs> ask Hudson. Hudson's the, uh, the man behind the scenes. Oh. Hudson's a hard man. <laughs> I don't know yeah. how we're going to go. Nah, now we've got Ollie on the book, so we'll see what happens with Ollie and uh, or Matt's, Matt and Gemma's young Ollie, who's taking the reins, taking a position at Run to BB HQ. Oh, maybe we can uh, loosen the purse strings, maybe for you know some <laughs> sliders and some chips or something <laughs> um, to celebrate with down there at Wellness Run in December. Nice one. I like it. I'll put it forward, mate. All right, Chris. So, um, yeah, we'll chat next week. I think we'll have Soph back on. We may have another guest. We're still working on that one, but there's some some things in the pipeline. So looking forward to it, mate. Nah, mate, very excited. Soph gave us a bit of a sneak peek on her topic that's mm. coming up next week. It's something she's very passionate about. <laughs> And for those, to get I, about I know. And for those people that are fans of Soph and like listening to Soph absolutely going full noise into a topic, <laughs> this is not to be missed. Um, you're going to get some very, very strong opinions. And that's what we love. We love yeah. Soph. And um, that's what she brings to the table. And there'll be plenty of that next week. And I can't wait. 
nice enough to be just no editing just going to be uncut unfiltered so, yeah. um not that we have a patreon but if we did this is the sort of stuff that you'd pay to listen to. So, um, no, it's going to be gone. up now. Really yeah, no, nah, she's she'll be coming in off the long run and um, and going in hard. So, <laughs> brace yourself. Um, Stay tuned for that one. Both coming in with the goods. <laughs> All right, mate. Enjoy the rest of the week. Enjoy the runs, and uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Nah, we'll do, mate. You take care. We'll catch up soon. See you, buddy. Yeah.